0: Live.
1: Good evening, everyone. You are in the spotlight with Brian Gardner for this Tuesday, April the 14th, 2015. Good to have you all here for our first and only show this week. That's why right, our only show this week. There has been a change to our schedule. I will explain that and much more in just a few moments. But first, I want to remind you all of the ways in which you can interact and contribute to our show. You can do so by emailing us to itspotlightbg at gmail dot com. Again, it's itspotlightbg at gmail dot com. And please remember, it's my email, personal email as well as the shows. And remember too to put in the subject line of your email what the email is about. If it's feedback or reactions to something one of us has said, you know, a topic idea, breaking news, on any of those. Just just label it as something so that we know what it is. Helps us organizing things for the show, it just helps us a lot, so we'd appreciate it if you could do that for us. You can also follow us and tweet us, at ITSpotlightBG, again it's at ITSpotlightBG, that's my Twitter handle as well as the show, and please remember to use the hashtag, hashtag ITSpotlight, again it's hashtag ITSpotlight for anything you tweet regarding our show. You can also find our, our fan page for us on Facebook, to find that fan page, search for us using the full title of our show in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our fan page, like our page, and then go ahead and post whatever you'd like to post, Facebook, Twitter, email. I assure any of you out there, even if we don't reply back or use, acknowledge, or mention something that you post or sent on the show, I assure you we have seen or read or or looked at what you've sent or posted. We just can't possibly reply back to everybody or use, acknowledge, or mention everything that's sent in or posted. We just possibly can't. So... Please do keep that in mind. If we don't apply back, don't freak out. If we don't use or mention whatever it is you post or sent, don't freak out. Just know if you sent or posted it, whether it's email, Facebook, or Twitter, we have seen it, okay? All right, so as I said, there has been a change to our schedule, which is going to result in a pretty jam-packed show tonight. Um, here's the deal um, for those that – you know, are not aware, especially some of our newer listeners. I'm, I, I know most of our long-time listeners are aware. Um, I am getting married this year, and the wedding is nearly a month away. And so, obviously, that means that things are getting quite hectic. Naturally, that means that things are coming up, and sometimes because of work and other responsibilities, you have to, you have to handle things at a time when you otherwise wouldn't want to. So because of that, I have an appointment that I cannot change. I have to have it done. I have to have it taken care of on Thursday night. So because of that, we are not going to have a show. I know it's a personal thing, and everybody's like, oh, you're canceling on us because of a personal thing. Look, it's very rare that I cancel any, a show because of a personal thing. Very rare, unless it's a family emergency or something. Okay. And God forbid those happen. So I don't cancel hardly ever for a personal reason. All right. Now there have been times where I've canceled for another reason, but it did help me personally. Yeah. But most of the time, nine times out of ten, it's nothing personal. It's more or less there's a legit reason, in my opinion, for us to cancel. Well, this time it's a personal thing, and I'm being very transparent about it. It's the way it is. Hopefully that will not be the case. Going down the stretch here as the wedding approaches, that we won't have this issue. I don't think we will too much. Obviously, when I'm away on the honeymoon, that that won't we won't have shows, but um, or we'll have some kind of different schedule or something. But I digress. I digress. Um, just be aware that you know this Thursday there will not be a show. This is our only show of this week. Now, as you all know, we had scheduled this week. Thursday was going to be a pretty big show for us. It was going to be an entertainment half. The show was going to be our entertainment coverage, which is a box office beat, TV picks for the week. We weren't going to do any kind of entertainment news discussion stuff because we didn't have the time. We were going to devote the last half of the show to our to to being an uh like an, a, an NCAA segment. Now remember. I have been trying for a few weeks now, because we usually devote an entire show to the NCAA, talking about some of the hot-button topics related to the NCAA. And I had told you at the time that we weren't going to be able to devote an entire show, but I felt like that would be okay, you know, that we wouldn't, because I think we'd have enough time to go into what we wanted to go into, not devoting a whole show to it, especially on a Thursday. Well, because of what's going on with us having to cancel Thursday's show, and trying to stockpile as much into the Today Show as we can, we will not be doing that special NCAA, special report, special um, segment this week. Here's what we're going to do. Now, I promise that tonight we do the MLB preview. We are going to do that. All right, we'll do that towards the end of the show. I promise also that we would preview the NBA playoffs. We will do that as well. Okay, so you're going to get those two things tonight. Now, I mentioned that we would discuss the Masters tonight, if there was a need to. There is a need to, so we'll discuss that tonight. There's nothing else to discuss outside of those things. I mean, yeah, in college basketball, we had some a lot of players declare for the draft, but every one of those has been pretty obvious, so there's nothing earth-shattering there to discuss. So we'll talk the Masters, we'll talk the NBA playoffs, and we'll talk about the first week of the MLB season and give our preview of the M L B season. Again, this is not gonna be some comprehensive preview like we've done in the past. We've changed the way we do previews for sports now. You know, before we used to devote an entire show to an NFL preview, an M L B preview, NBA preview. We don't do that anymore. I don't you know, I, I thought that was too much. It was just overbearing. So now we just relegate it to a segment. We do a general overview, talk about storylines and themes for the season, Not. Like I said, I'm, I'm of the opinion that doing a preview segment a week into the, at least a week into the season is better because you've gotten a chance to see some games, see some of these teams, because what's on paper doesn't always translate. So it, it, it's better to kind of look at the teams first. So that's why I kind of like doing it that way now, not just because of time constraints. but um, So, you know, we'll talk about what we've seen so far, make some predictions, all that good stuff. Uh, And that's generally what it's going to be, nothing beyond that. So it's not like some long, drawn-out thing. Um, So we'll do the MLB preview. We'll do NBA playoffs. We'll do the Masters. That's the sports side of things. On the entertainment side of things, box office beat TV picks of the week. If we have some time, we might squeeze in an entertainment news story or two, maybe, depends. We'll see how things go tonight. Um, But Now, as for the NCAA thing that was planned for Thursday. That is going to be moved to next Tuesday. Now, here's why we're going to do that. Number one, we don't have, we, there, unless there's something that comes up, we don't have to discuss MLB next Thursday, next Tuesday, okay? Um, so that will help. We won't have to do a NBA playoffs preview. The NBA playoffs, will have already started. We'll just be discussing what's already happened and what's ongoing against us. We'll be doing live updates throughout our show, starting next Tuesday's show as the NBA playoffs will be getting underway this weekend. We've always done that. We'll continue to do that. So we'll be talking about what's ongoing. We'll also be talking about what has happened, but that won't be as long to, to deal with. So we can cut that and edit it the way we want to do it. So, um, so there won't be as much to deal with. Therefore, we can devote more time Separate more time and do our NCAA segment that we wanted to do on Thursday. On Tuesday, and you know, what? it's a sports night. Why not just fit it on a sports night? So that's what we're going to do next Tuesday. Um, we'll also do a box office beat in TV picks of the week next Tuesday, um, unless I feel like we can't fit it all in. Because next Thursday, we'll have an all wrestling show previewing WWE's Extreme Rules pay per view. Um, so, you know, that's what's coming up next week. If if I feel like we can't fit the entertainment stuff in on Tuesday, then we'll probably squeeze it in on Thursday because I don't know if we'll have to do a lot of WWE stuff on Thursday. So we'll figure that all out. But the NCAA segment will definitely be on next Tuesday night's show. And, again, it's not a sports night, so it kind of works. And we'll be primarily talking about basketball, anyway, with the first half of the show with the NBA stuff. So, You know, and most of our NCAA discussion goes over the basketball anyway, so it'll all be fitting. It'll have a through line. It'll be okay, but that's just the way it has to be. So my apologies for the change, um, and we'll just—I think it'll still work out just fine. So that's what's going to happen tonight. What's going to happen on Thursday? No show on Thursday, obviously. And then what's going to be happening next week as a result of the uh, the show cancellation this coming Thursday? So you got some insight into what's going on this week and next week so with all that being said i me to bring my co-host on
0: Mike you are in the spotlight
2: I looked at the show description tonight and I thought, thought to myself holy crap this is going to be a long show oh god I need sleep oh god what am I going to do you don't? You're not having another show this week? No. Can't.
1: I really oh. can't. I'm working Thursday and Friday. And oh, I can't put it in that's, tomorrow nice. either, so.
2: that's right. You go, you're back to cheer, cheer, cheer for the Chiefs. Oh, yes, I recall.
0: ha, 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 ha,
1: That's pretty funny what you're just doing right there. <laughs>
2: uh, uh. Welcome back to the working world, there, Brian. Ha 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 ho, he, ha 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 ha! Wow, dude! Wow! It's time for you to get serious again. <laughs> Okay.
1: <laughs> Moving on, because as you said, we do have a lot to get to, and you're starting to really creep me out with that, so we're going to move on. Um, speaking of creepy, um, I won't even get into what, what, what um, it, it, you know, I, I always mention this because I always mention how, well, we don't do it too often anymore. We used to do it all the time, but, Me and depth, would have a chat like 10 minutes before the show to kind of make sure everything was what we were going to do and everything. And we don't do that anymore because there's really no need to, and he don't have the time. Um, And quite frankly, neither do I, so we don't do it. But nonetheless, you know, I'll, I'll open the chat box. I'll say, okay, you're here or you're not here, and he'll pop in. I'll send him an email before saying, okay, I'm going on, and then he'll usually pop right in. So usually when he pops right in, it's like, hey, you know, like normal, hey, what's going on? Tonight he pipes he he chimes in After I sent him the email saying that I was getting ready and everything I get this This is what I get and I kid you not
0: He goes "Hello there champ" And I'm like "Okay, that's a kind of a weird greeting." And
1: I'm like "What's with the way you, what, what's why would you say that?" And he goes What's going on? And I'm like, what, why are you talking like, like? It, 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 there's, some, there's an odd, creepy vibe going on here. And the next response was, oh, that wasn't meant for you. And I'm like, well, who was it meant for? And he goes, I was pranking somebody. I was trying to be seductive. I'm like, who in the world were you pranking? He goes, oh, I was pranking a neighbor. He hates when I do this kind of stuff to him. It it just kind of freaked me out. I know that's probably not a very not entertaining a story as people were probably expecting, but it creeped me out. So yeah, yeah. Nonetheless, there's a creepy vibe going on. Let's get that. Let's get the hell away from that vibe. And everybody say hi to creepy Jeff Tech,
2: who of course is your technical guru there, Batman. Uh. If, if he were. A Gotham City criminal, he would be, of course, not the Joker, not the Riddler or Mr. Freeze or even Catwoman, even though he'd probably like that. He would be the creepy neighbor next door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't mean to laugh that hard, actually.
1: <laughs> I... 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 I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore. Um,
2: Why uh, so serious?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, Heath Ledger, rest in peace. Such so, so an awesome line. Um. All right. Okay. So here's where we're going to work this. Now... What we're going to do is we're going to jump around. Well, we're going to do the entertainment stuff first, okay, because I want to try to move through that quickly. And I know everybody's going to go, oh, no, he's not. Yeah, I am, because we kind of have to tonight. And it's a, and, and you know what? Um, it's a pretty straightforward kind of thing, because this this past weekend's box office, Could be simply surmised as this. Um, Once again, Fast and the Furious won. Once again, it exceeded expectations by probably 10 to 15 million. Once again, um, you have a Nicholas Sparks movie, probably do better than it should have, um, because it did. Most people were thinking eight, nine million, end up getting around thirteen, so that's pretty good. Um, and you had Home once again exceed expectations, making around eighteen million instead of the ten to twelve million it was expected to make. So here's here's what this past weekend did to the box office of April. It ensured that no matter what happens, and this week this weekend was supposed to be okay. You had Fast and Furious the first week. That was going to be a, a monster hit. Then the second week is going to be all about how much Fast and Furious makes everything else are going to drop. Well, everything else, Fast and Furious did what it was supposed to do even exceeded it, and everything else kind of exceeded too. Um, so that helps. It was a better weekend than expected. Now you've got these several offerings coming out this weekend, all of which should lift the box office even more because you're expecting the holdovers from last week, even with the competition, to do well because they've been doing that already. So what you have done is this. You have ensured that no matter what happens in that infamous week between this weekend and Avengers weekend, that the box office has gotten through April without having a disaster, as in a week that's horrific, historic. Now, because we've talked about how, the la- you know, there's very few weeks, in a year now where there's a true lull at the box office where the numbers will, will fall apart, okay? Even the weekend with Chappie a few weeks back wasn't that bad. It was down, but, you know, Chappie still brought in $13 million and collectively the holdovers helped boost it up a little bit. That was really the only true, I guess if you want to quantify it as bad, week that we've had in 2015 so far at the box office. There was some worry that that week between this coming weekend and Avengers weekend, it, you know, the start of the summer movie season, was going to be a bad week. Despite there's a couple of movies that could do okay. Now I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're going to have at least an okay weekend, which is going to be great, because that's essentially was a throwaway weekend because nobody was going to put something out and have it fall apart against Avengers the week after. You know, that that's always the case with that last week of April short of the Fast and the Furious a couple of years back. Nobody wants to touch that last week of April because they know a big movie coming out the weekend after. Now what you're left with is this. The box office is going to get through April. It's going to, Obviously May and June and July are going to be fantastic. The first part of August is going to be fantastic. The next time you have any worries about having a bad weekend is right around Labor Day. And build yourself back up again. So they're golden. And on their way to what should be an extremely good 2015. Because you look at, you're going, be, you're going to be well into August before you start to worry again about the, the box office grosses. And then you know October will be well. You know November and December will be well, just about how, 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 good, how good or bad September ends up. And if it ends up doing as good as April has, or doing decent like maybe February or January did, then you're, you're going to have an off-the-charts year. So that's what this weekend did for the box office. Uh, Hollywood should thank Fast and the Furious because it's single-handedly really just opened this month right up as far as numbers go. And then surprises like home, um, you know, have helped. The longest ride surprise, you know, Get Hard has been doing well. Cinderella, Women um, in Gold, which surprised everybody. Nobody thought it would place over $5 million. It did. It got 5.4 probably because of the cast starring, you know, Ryan Reynolds, Helen Mirren helped that movie out. So, you know, that's the, it was an exceedingly better weekend than we all thought it would be for a number of movies we didn't think would do as well as they did. Fast and the Furious was the given. And that even exceeded expectations. So what does that tell you? Despite the fact it was on the heels of spring break, a week after Easter and, and such, and summer movie season coming, people probably wanted to save money. Another big movie weekend coming this weekend with several big movies, several uh, offerings coming out. Despite all that, the box office still did well and even exceeded expectations. So that's a very good sign. Um, as I said, Fast and the Furious exceeded expectations. Um, we, I, I mentioned that I thought this would be about $45 million growth. I don't know what I did with my pen. That sucks. Um, <laughs> that's just me, though. Um, yeah, so I mentioned that Fast and Furious, I was, everybody was thinking about 45 million. I went with 45 million, ends up making a nice, cool 59.5 million, so almost 60 million. So, again, a 10 to 15 million dollar improvement, um, or um, exceedingly expectations there with that. So, um, So, query were well off on that prediction. No surprise there. Uh, Then you had, there it is. Okay. Um, Home, which again was expected to be around 10 to 15 million. I made a prediction of 12 million. Came in at 18.5 million. So, query well off on that one. Then there was the longest ride. Some were going 7 as well as 7 million. Some were 8, some were 10 at max. Thirteen million.
0: I had it at nine million. So query off on that one. Um, then we had get hired in fourth. Now most expect to get hired to make around six, eight million,
1: maybe nine tops. Eight point two. I had a eight million in fourth, so I actually got that one right. Within I was within five hundred thousand, so that's a good prediction. Cinderella, fifth place. Most had it around six, seven, maybe even eight million. Seven point one million. I had it at seven million. I get that one right. So look, two right for me. Whoop whoop hoo And six, Divergent series, insurgent. I had it at six and a half million. Came in sixth at six point, point seven million. I was within five hundred thousand. I get that one right too. So three right out of six. So I got fifty percent right, which is very good for me. Only I don't even think I do that well. Man, usually I usually make more predictions at the time Times of years I do that well Like getting three or four right Usually I have so many predictions I don't get 50% right But I only had six So I got 50% right That's good ratio I'll take it um, and, and get hard Cinderella, the Diversion Series And Surge It Were the three that were probably easy to predict Because of the fact they were held over The, 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 the amount of weeks they've been out Those were the easier predictions to make So I'm not going to pat myself on the back Too hard for those um, must be right of how badly I was off on the top three. So, and again, Woman in Gold, the uh, small budget film starring Hel- uh, Helen Marin, Ryan Reynolds, did exceedingly well. It's a 9.4 million in an, uh, over worldwide, 5.4 million in its first week, only 1,504 theaters it expanded last week um very good number very good number nothing else even made two million no close thing with it files 1.9 so Woman in gold very good placing seven for 5.4 million so again i get three out of six right um before i run through the numbers one more time just to kind of sum this up mike do you have any thoughts on the box office this past
0: weekend Nicholas
2: Sparks must be stopped. <laughs> I why? Well, okay. First of all, I'm reading um the long I'm reading the summary about the longest ride. Um, I didn't realize it was a Nicholas Sparks novel, but when I heard about it I thought immediately Somebody in a relationship dies. I am shocked to know it's not shocked to know now that I was one hundred percent right. <laughs> I don't mean to spoil it, but the ending—look, I, I, I called for Nicholas Sparks to have some sort of storybook ending in one of his movies because this contrived. Life takes one partner away, so and the other one must learn the lesson nonsense that Nicholas Parks is known for kind of almost gets bucked in this one though it it almost gets bucked somebody in a relationship dies. somebody is a jackass, and somebody. Oh, yikes. I don't know. The characters are flat, it looks like, in this book, in this movie and book. It's it's both a movie and book. Uh, but the ending somehow is apparently satisfying. <laughs> somebody, somebody in a relationship dies. But. But. But but, 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 but. There is some sort of satisfying conclusion to a Nicholas Sparks movie. I digress, though. This this needs to stop. We need to go out there and stop Nicholas Sparks and Nicholas Sparks' books from becoming movies ever again. Because you know what's going to happen to the next one, right? Mm. Two people fall in love, whirlwind, intense, passionate romance, Deuce Ex Machina kills one of the partners. (laughs) Deuce Ex Machina kills one of the partners, and then other partner must live with the grief, but they will grow better as a person. And no! (laughs) No! (laughs) No! No, 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 no. Alright, if I'm reading a romance novel, I'm not saying that I have, or that I will, but I've read books before, and it had romance in it. I'm just saying, are you breathing hard into the phone? No. Because I swear it's coming like... (laughs) Why? It certainly is uh, cold out there today. (laughs) No. No. I swear that's what it sounds like. Well, wow, we're here in blistering negative 15 conditions here in sunny Syracuse. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Nothing, I'm fine. you sure you're not breathing hard?
1: No, I'm not.
2: Well, wow. are you sure? It's... <laughs> <laughs> this snowstorm just ended the life of a, of a daring young man. He had just entered into a relationship with this hot young thing. Now she's got to go on and learn a lesson from this. Oh, what a heartbreaking conclusion. However, she will eventually grow as a person. (sighs) Back to you, Nick Sparks. You what I did there? (laughs) I just used that your breathing heart scenario as the plot for another Nicholas Sparks movie. Oh, God. Nicholas Sparks now owes me money, but he must be stopped. He must be stopped. <laughs> hey, uh, it did do better than expected, so. Well, isn't that what we always say about Nicholas Sparks movies, though? You know, Nicholas Sparks did movie. Nicholas Sparks had another movie came out. It did better than what we expected. We expect these movies to fail.
1: You want to know something, though? I did. I, I had this feeling. I think I mentioned this last week. I said, with Fast and the Furious I now." Mean, you know, obviously, Fast and the Furious, even though it does get w- women to see it too. Obviously, it, it's it's the, the biggest thing is the male demo for Fast and the Furious. I wonder how many wi- uh, women dragged their bo- uh, boyfriends or husbands to see the longest ride after Fast
2: and the Furious. It did. I think it piggybacked on Fast and the Furious. It's more than likely. More than likely, well, I'm pretty certain that Fast and Furious had a better and more satisfying conclusion than the longest ride did. Oh, but yeah. that, that with that being said, with that being said, the the point still stands. Right. Well, we say that about quite literally every Nicholas Sparks movie ever, which is a problem. Ever, <laughs> ever, because we we expect these movies to crap out. We expect him to be just a giant uh, giant kind of turd at the box office. Oh, well, it finally met up to our standards. This movie flopped hard. And we, yeah, when it does pretty well, it's like, well, it did better than we expected. It did better than crap. So that's the thing with Nicholas Sparks. The expectations are so low every time he releases a movie, it's a success. Tell me, I'm wrong.
1: No, <laughs> you're absolutely right. 100%. I, I.
2: I I am I'm saddened to know that I am right, but I am right. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's a snowstorm.
1: <laughs>
2: unfortunately, I have no idea why
1: you are hearing that. To me. I do not know. I was not. because, I, I, had, you know, because I heard like. <sighs>
2: Deep breathing, <laughs> like you're you know, you're like you're doing yoga. This just in yoga I... claimed the yoga claimed the life of a heroic teenager. How will his girlfriend, now I guess widow girlfriend, under come to terms with his brave sacrifice? Are you ready to get ideas out? Come on. <laughs> I I think I just named the next two Nicholas Sparks books.
1: The only thing I can think of is that I had the 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 'cause I usually when you're talking I'll keep it close enough where I can hear it, but I won't like keep it like right on my ear. Maybe I had it closer and it magged I don't know. I, I don't think I was doing it, but who knows. Whatever. Um all right. Alright. So one last time we're gonna again three out of six right on predictions. One more time, here's how the, move, the films did this week. These were the numbers for this past weekend, April 10th through the 12th, second weekend of April, Fast and Furious 7, of course, in first for 59.5 million, a 59.5% drop-off, which is terrific in week two. Staying put in second with Home, 18.5 million, 31.4% drop-off in week three, which is terrific. Longest ride, debuted in third, with a little over $13 million, which is a lot better than expected, so pretty good take there. Dropping from 3rd to 4th was Get Hard, 8.2 million, 37.4% drop-off in its third week, which is really good. Cinderella, dropping from 4th to 5th, 7.1 million, 29.9% drop-off in week 5, which is terrific. Dropping from 5th to 6th, that version Series insurgent, 6.7 million, 33.7% drop-off in week 4, which, again, is very solid. And, the, and one of the bigger surprises, of course, Woman in Gold, they, uh, expanding its release and placing 7th. With 5.4 million dollars, and it's a f- second official week in release, which is a terrific number and much better than most out, which is you know three and a half, maybe four million tops. So very good number there. Probably on the heels of the cast, um, again Ryan Reynolds, Helen Mirren, it's a great cast in that movie. So those are your numbers for this past weekend. Again, if you want the full, complete numbers, more information, you can go to Box Office Mojo and look under the numbers for the weekend of April 10th through the 12th, 2015. They'll give you anything you could possibly want to know about last weekend's box office there. So feel free to check that out. That's what we use for the segment. So if you want to know more information, go ahead and check those out. And, again, three out of six right as far as the predictions go for last weekend. Now we look ahead to this weekend's box office. There's no... Uh, well, there is one limited release Lisa. No, and I'll just get that out of two limited releases Lisa. No, I'll get out of the way right now. One is True Story, a drama from Fox Searchlight, opening in 550 theaters, starring Jonah Hill, James Franklin, and Felicity Jones. It's R-rated. It's getting some good buzz. Great cast, obviously. If you're interested, check that out. Check your local theater listings. And Child 44, a drama from Lionsgate Summit, opening in 500 theaters, starring Tom Hardy, Naomi Rapaz, Joe Kinnaman, Gary Oldman, Jason Clarke, Vincent Castle, uh Ridley Scott is a producer on the film, R rated, so good cast there as well. Again, check your local theater listings if you're interested in that movie. So two movie releases with great casts coming out this weekend. So if you're interested in either of those, check your local theater listings. We have two major releases this weekend. two um one of which won't do great business but will do it it's not it doesn't need to. It's it's more um we'll, we'll explain in a minute. But the other two could do middling business. Nobody really knows about how the other two are going to do it. This is a a difficult weekend to predict because you're going to throw in these two movies that we're about to talk about, and you're going to throw in these holdovers, one of which has been dominant this month in Fast and the Furious, uh, another one that's been exceeding expectations in Home, and you had The Longest Ride, which will no doubt off but how it play into this well with so many other films that have been holding up reasonably well so you know it's, it's, it's a it's a difficult weekend to predict and here we are once again about to have another weekend here in 2015 with three major releases that was the running theme early this year and here we are again and this was the weekend that was designed multiple film releases Designed to kind of get the box office through the last week of April when there was only two new releases and not much was expected of them, so it's designed to, with these movies and everything else that's already been out to kind of carry things as holdovers through the next this, not only this weekend but the next weekend as well. So, um, but so you know, that, and I understand, it, and people call it like, oh, it's just a it's this typical April film dumps. It, not really. It's, it's 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 I can see that, but. You know, it's not like they're not expecting these films to do okay, at least okay. So it'll be interesting to see how the new films do, and then of course how the holdovers play into and how they do, because we expect the holdovers to do pretty well, obviously, based on what they've been doing. All right, so three new releases. The first, the biggest release is Paul Blart Mall Cop Two, a comedy from Sony Columbia, opening in 3,600 theaters. So obviously, the widest release. That's because it's PG. It's already made 2.6 million overseas. Kevin James, back in, in the starring role of Paul Blart, Mall Cop, obviously. He's also a writer and producer on the film. Um, Adam Sammer back as a producer as well. Uh, Kevin um, And Nick Bakay also one of the writers. Um, Neil McDonough also stars. Again, you know, I, I really am surprised they waited so long to do this movie. And I think that's going to hurt them here. I really do, because... When the first one came out, there were two surprise movies that January. Remember, just the first Paul Blart came out in January. There were two surprise movies that month, Paul Blart, Mall Cop, and Taken, the first Taken movie with Liam Neeson. Those are the two surprises. And a lot of people felt that, now, not, not so much with Taken, okay, but with Paul Blart. One of the reasons it did well was because it was on the heels of the st- the, st- the economic crisis beginning. A lot of people wanted to just go to the movies and escape. They didn't want to have you know some drama. They wanted a comedy, some sort of reason to laugh, something that made them happy. And a lot of people felt that's the reason why Paul Blart did as well as it did, because it was this pure. It was it, it wasn't just mass comedic masterpiece. It really. No disrespect meant to those involved in the project. It wasn't masterpiece theater, okay? It was, it, was, it was what it was. It was over the top. It was meant for families. It was a throwback in a lot of ways to some of the 90s family films. And, and that, it, that was very appealing. And I thought it would lead to more of these kind of movies, and it kind of didn't. There was a couple, most of them starring Kevin James, but that was really all there was. So I was rather shocked that it didn't start a trend there. but, And I'm rather shocked that it took them so long to get to this sequel. Um, and I think that did hurt them. I think they need to get this sequel out within a year or two, and they didn't. And I think enough, so much time has passed that it's a distant memory, this, this, this movie. So this first movie was a distant memory at this point. So I think that hurts them. I think the fact that people vaguely remember it is going to hurt them. And look, Kevin James is not a huge box office draw. His only box office draw was him, on, at least on his own. Obviously, the Grown Ups movies have done well, but that's an ensemble piece. Um, and, and probably more to do with Sam Uh Kevin James on his own has only had one hit on his own, and that's Paul Blart. Now, does that mean this just can't work out? No. Again, I, I don't know... I would assume that the studio is not expecting like a $60 million opening weekend here. I think they'd be happy if they get between 15 and 20 I think they'd want more, but I think they'd be like, okay, you know, again, these, movies, these kind of movies sell well into syndication and on cable and stuff. So, you know, they, they they'd make some kind of profit off of it, providing it, it you know, probably took in about $15, 20000000 at the very least its opening weekend. Um, I think they hope for at least that much. We'll see what happens. I don't think the expectations are going to be crazy for it. I think the biggest problem, it's been well marketed, obviously. I think the biggest problem is, you know, with how well the box office has done and with how well how many other movies will probably do. It is getting a lot of theaters, but, you know, if if enough families and kids have seen movies over the last couple weeks, Home and some of the other offerings, do they have any money left for Paul Blart when Avengers and other summer movies that are huge headlining acts are around the corner? That's going to play into this. Again, most people forgetting about the first movie by this point, it's going to play into this. Kevin James is not known for being a draw. There's nobody else in this cast that can draw. I, look, like I said, if they get 15 20000000 I think they should be happy. I think they would be happy. Not over the moon, but they'd be satisfied. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, the second biggest release is something that I think could be the one of the surprise hits of the year. Definitely the surprise hit of the year so far. There's been a couple already, but this one might be the bigger, biggest one yet. Unfriended, a horror movie from Universal opening in over 2,600 theaters. Unfriended, um, largely an unknown cast. It is R-rated, which means it's going to be true horror, folks. There ain't going to be no suspense through or garbage about this. It's horror. It's supernatural horror. It's revenge horror. It's going to be intense. Um, It's from Universal. um, Again, largely unknown cast. The only recognizable name you might notice on the crew list is is a producer, and it's Timur Bachman-Batov, who I can never pronounce his name, but he's, Uh, he directed Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter he uh, also did Wanted the James McAvoy, Andrena Jolie film from a few years back so he's done some good things Uh, this looks like one of the more inventive films of the year It's it's, it's it's supposed to introduce a whole new genre of horror we haven't had that in a while since the found footage craze got going a couple years ago so it's nice that we're going to get something different and fresh. It looks very intense, very scary. The marketing, obviously, this this one was a no-brainer on how to market it, given the content, social media and Skype and everything. It was a no-brainer how they were going to market it as far as viral marketing goes. So that was easy for them to do, but it still was a great, you know, they've handled it very well, the marketing. I really, truly think – I would, I think this is probably going to make the most money of any of the new releases, okay? I would not be surprised if it gets number one this weekend. I would not be surprised. I think it's going to be between this movie and Fast and the Furious. How well Fast and the Furious holds up and how good Unfriended does is going to be the the key to this weekend as far as who gets number one. You know, Fast and the Furious made $15 million more last week than most thought. Would that happen again? I don't know. My feeling is fast and furious will more than likely be number one again unless unfriended really exceeds expectations. I don't feel confident enough to say that. I feel like it will do very well, like maybe 18, because it is R-rated. 18 to $20 million is something that I can see, maybe 22, 23 on a high end. I'm not willing to go any more than that because it's it's so hard to tell how you know and I, and again this is more this is going to be a, a a movie that really goes after the younger demographics I think they'll it'll will get them easily but there hasn't been a whole lot of horror movies this year has to be, actually there hasn't been any really so I think that it should do well and again Fast and Furious had same you know thinking 60 million last weekend. You figure maybe drops another 50 to 60. You've got to figure around 30 million. So it should get number one easily, but if Unfriended really exceeds expectations or Fast and the Furious doesn't, live, uh, doesn't meet expectations, then you could see Unfriended as number one. So we'll see how that goes. But I think this is, could be one of the surprise hits of this year for sure. And then the third biggest release, Monkey Kingdom, a documentary from Bonavista Disney opening in 2,000 theaters. Another one of these Disney Nature films. Obviously, the rating is G. They don't expect a lot from it. Sometimes they make as high as eight, nine million. Sometimes they make as low as two, three million. It's going to be somewhere in that range, maybe even a little lower. Um, you know, there, there's no high expectation there. I don't think it'll, I don't think it will break five million. I could see it making around four, four and a half million. There's just too many movies out. I fully encourage everybody to see it if you can, because those movies, the Disney Nature movies, are really good. Um, but I just don't see it making much above five million, to be honest. If it does get over five million, so and I don't think it will. So, all right. So that's how I see things this weekend before I make my predictions.
0: Mike, do you have anything to add?
2: Fast and the Furious will probably be number one again. I think. Uh, what, what, what was the movie? Um, Unfriended would probably be two. It's like the first horror movie of the year. Paul Blart will be third. I don't think it'll do as horribly as you think it might. I think it's got a shot at being uh, pretty good. But um, I don't know. See, I think people still remember Paul Blart. That's the thing. I think they still remember the character in the movie a little bit, but you're right. It took too long to to kind of come out. But I think it'll... uh, I think it'll do okay. In the end, I think it'll do just okay. And besides, it looks like it's not really... I I don't know. I don't think it's like a true sequel... I mean, it's a sequel, but it's kind of like they didn't go with the story of the first one, judging up by the trailer. It could be totally wrong, but... I don't know. Well, it'll be out. I'm not going to go see it, but it'll be out.
0: All right. Um, okay. And keep in mind, too,
1: if Home keeps exceeding expectations, that could hurt Paul Bart. So that's important. It's been doing that for a few weeks now. So I don't think that will happen. I think home will probably drop off considerably this weekend, but keep that in mind because they, they they do have a somewhat of a crossover audience going on um, there. So, all right, prediction time. Um. Pretty obvious what I think is going to be number one, although again, unfriended can challenge for first, depending again how well fears, Fast and Fear 7 holds up and maybe how well unfriended exceeds expectations. Um, but I am going with Fear, Fast and Fear 7 in first place again for the third straight week. I'm going with 30 million. Um, I generally think between 28 and 33 million is where you're going to see it fall, so I'm going to go with that. So 30 million. In second, I am going with unfriended. Again, I've seen some people put as low as fifteen million. I've seen some people go as high as twenty-five. I'm going with twenty-three. Twenty-three million. But again, I would not be surprised if it exceeds expectations. I think it's more likely to exceed expectations than disappoints. That's my feeling. in uh, third, I'm going with Paul Mark Cop 2. I'm going with fifteen million. I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt. I've seen some people think it won't even break ten. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, because I do think there's enough of a family audience there that will be interested, has not spent all their money yet. I'm, you know, it will probably appeal to some older audiences too. I'm, bank, I'm banking on that to get it to 15 million. Um, I haven't seen too many people give it 15 million dollar or 15 million dollar gross. I've seen 12, 11, but I'm going, I'm gonna go give it the benefit and go 15 million. In fourth, I'm going with Home, nine million. Generally, where everybody's going between eight and ten million. Um, and fifth, I'm going with the longest ride, seven million. Based again, I made thirteen million last week. You figure it's going to crash at least around fifty percent, so that makes sense. Uh, sixth, Get Hard, six and a half million. Should be an interesting race between the longest ride and Get Hard. Maybe even Home, if Home ends up dropping a little bit more than expected, especially with Paul Blair out then it could be an interesting race between Home, The Wrongest Ride, Get Hard, and this movie, Cinderella, um, which I'm predicting $5.5 million for. Um, And then I think an eighth Divergent series, Insurgent, will be... I think it will fall below five million, but I think it'll be still close enough to justify a five million dollar prediction. I think around four and a half, maybe four six, four seven, which will round up to five million, so I'll make a prediction. I feel pretty confident in that. So um it could be an interesting race between again if home drops more because of Paul Blart, which what could happen. Um, because of the crossover audience between them. if you got home, the longest ride get Hollard Cinderella and Divergent Insurgent, all of them between you know, maybe as high as 9 million and as and low as 4.5 million. Those races in there are going to be interesting because they're all going to be very close. Particularly everything from Get Hard down to Divergent. Because so there's only like a half million to a million difference between all those movies. So you could see some some interest. You could see any of these movies end up above each other or below each other in these rankings. So it will be interesting... Close races and, and uh, between those movies, and that's all the and that's all I think that's going to make over five million. I think that's all I'm going to we're going to see. Uh, none of the new limited releases I think can do well enough to get to five million. Again, you might see a surprise like Woman in Gold last week, um, but that'd be a historic surprise. Woman in Gold had about fifteen hundred theaters. None of the new limited releases this week have that. They only have five hundred theaters. So that's just not enough unless something historic happens to get any of these movies to five million. So, um, and I don't think Woman in Gold will hold up well enough to be around five million. So I think this will be it as far as the movies in or around or above five million. So again, the predictions for this weekend, the weekend of April seventeenth, third weekend of April. First place, Fast and Furious, seven thirty million. Second, Unfriended, twenty three million, third, Paul Bart Marcop, two fifteen million. Fourth, Home. Nine million fifth, the longest ride, seven million sixth, get hard, six six and a half million, seventh, Cinderella. the row of five and a half million and eighth, the Divergent series, insurgent, five million dollars, your predictions for the weekend of April seventeenth, the third weekend of April. And the next week we'll be talking about the last weekend of April. and that will feature two new releases two major two b- new major releases in the age of adeline a drama from lionsgate and little boy a drama from open road films and again not much expected out of either of those films um, next week but again there will be more of a holdover week probably next week anyway just like this past weekend was so all right that's it for the box office beats that's it for the predictions for this week now we move on to the tv picks of the week and last week i started with mike so i get to start this week and uh who who um i'm gonna be honest with you i didn't like a whole lot this week um, I, I talked about last week's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. already. I talked about last week's Arrow. So, since the last time we did TV picks, there hasn't been anything much that I've liked. So, I did not like Gotham last night. I thought it was pretty hideous, storyline-wise. I, I, I just don't like what a lot of the things they did. Um, sorry, just don't. Um, honestly, I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm just gonna throw it on Mike because I again we we did this on Thursday and it really there really wasn't anything on Friday or Saturday, so that leads you with Sunday and Monday and there's nothing I saw on Sunday or Monday that I highly recommend. So Mike, do you have any T V picks for this week? Well,
2: I do. Because uh everything was hideous. Um, but it, it kind of falls um back into like everything I've been talking about I usually recommend the same stuff every week and I don't know if people are getting tired about that or not but it it is what it is look my TV schedule changed and it will probably change again um, soon but I I will mention two shows briefly from last week one one show for next week, and then one of my other t v picks of the week I'm mentioning two shows because they're interrelated there's it's arrow and it's flash. Arrow and flash are on their stride regardless of the stupidity that d c is doing to their to their television. Regardless of it, Arrow was really, really good. Uh, Flash was really, really good. The Trickster's episode of Flash, I think, is probably their best episode. Mm. It's probably their strongest episode. It revealed some truth about Harrison Wells, about Eobard Thawne, the reverse Flash, the Trickster, Mark Hamill. Oh, God. Two things about Mark Hamill. He played that role like he didn't care. And like he didn't care, I mean, he threw, ca- no, he threw caution to the wind. It was almost like his trickster was the Joker. It was great. And he's got some Tager Luke Skywalker hair going. He's got it going. So... He's doing really, really good stuff. Flash is really good. Flash was really good. Arrow was fantastic. All the way through. Uh, with a nice little twist ending. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they come, go go from there, especially since characters are now becoming off-limits. Which is ridiculous. It's only a matter of time before Felicity smoke is off limits. Or it's only a matter of time before Diggle is off limits. The only criticism I have, and I know this is not going to endear me with some of our listeners, is I am sick and tired of the Oliver and Felicity stuff. Let's just end it. Let's just move on. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it kind of dominating the fandom. I'm tired of it dominating the show. I think the character of Oliver has better romantic romantic uh, romantic chemistry with Laurel. I think he's got better romantic chemistry with Sarah. I think he's got better romantic chemistry with Malcolm Merlin at this point. <laughs> So I'm a little little tired of the Oliver Felicity thing. I think Felicity's really, really good with Ray Palmer. I digress. Ray Palmer's great. The show's running good. We're going to get the big help of Felicity coming up. So, oh, it is what it is. It is what it is. But I, I think everything's going to change very, very soon. Very, very soon. Very, very soon.
1: So, for what it's worth, the Oliver Felicity thing is, you know,
2: sometimes
1: you take something that does have potential, and when you you drain the potential from it because you just you push it too much. You know what I mean? And I understand why they did it because it's like, oh, you got – like you said, it dominated it 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 became the dominant force in, in the fandom of Arrow. And yeah. I understand they wanted to cave to that, like, okay, oh yeah, they're all talkable, let's keep going with it. But you drain the potential, any potential they had is gone because now it's just like it's oh it's it's oh, I don't even
2: I, I honestly I think Oliver was best with Sarah. Mhm. The the, yeah. the the original canary. She, I mean, this isn't spoilers. She's coming back. She's going to be the white canary in the show. I mean, we can get them back together. I think that worked great. I think that was Oliver's best on-screen relationship uh, in terms of romance. I digress, though. But other than that, other than the big heaping pile of Elicity that we're going to get, and that's the name of the fandom, it's Elicity. You can look it up on Tumblr or Twitter or whatever. Um, besides that, um, it's good, and I guess, I guess the, the point of, uh, point of this is enjoy Ra's al Ghul on their screen as long as you can before. He becomes off limits again. Yay. Hmm. Poor Roz. <laughs> poor Matt Naple, He's done some good work. Just like poor Manu Bennett. He's done some really good work. Give it time, Malcolm Merlin. Give it time. That, that you know what? What's sad uh,
1: is in a few months we're going to be saying that we wish the only problems Arrow had was
2: illicity. Yeah, because I, I I digress. But those are the two things, despite DC bungling their television almost as bad as they're bungling their uh properties, their film properties, uh, still good. Still worth the time. As for uh, what's current, I highly recommend Daredevil. Uh, If you have Netflix, Mm -hmm. I highly suggest that you go out of your way and watch some Daredevil. Because, I mean, I've seen the first two episodes. It's really good. Uh, I'm really looking forward to um, uh, episode three. I just haven't gotten around to watching it. I just ran out of time. But it's really good.
0: It's really good.
2: I heard it's one of those shows that gets better as it goes along. So it's worth your time. Go watch it. And it's for the future. Uh, did you get a little tired of seeing Taraji P Henson in uh, *Empire*? Are you a little tired of having Cookie be the only thing worth watching in that show? If if you are a fan of Taraji and a little tired of *Empire*, I got great news for you. She is back on *Person of Interest* on Thursday. But uh-huh. you say, but you say, Mike, how could she? She pretty much bit the bullet. Well it's wonderful how we've got this creative device known as Flashbacks. So she is going to be on Flashbacks. It's going to to be nice to have her back on the show. Uh, So for the show next week, Person of Interest, I have to catch up on all of my Person of Interest. I won't have time this weekend. I will be out of town. But I'll be looking forward to watching it again. Because Person of Interest is remains one of my favorite shows on television by far so arrow flash daredevil and person of interest those are my picks of the week and i made extra picks because you didn't do butkus
1: i feel really bad that i have not gotten to
2: daredevil I feel really you bad. don't uh, you don't even have netflix
1: i, I no. I, well it's, it's not even that like because I, I I said all along one of the reasons why I was so excited when I got the streaming device was oh not like when Daredevil starts in April I'm I'm set and I just did it. I fell asleep at the wheel as far as not what was, uh, as far as getting it all prepared and getting ready and I literally, like forgot that Arrow was start not Arrow Daredevil part of me was starting. Last week, and then I, it was pretty much a day. the The, the day after it started, went, oh yeah, Daredevil started. Crap. <laughs> so yeah, I gotta get going on that because I really do you, wanna...
2: do, now. Do you have Netflix? I will. You will. All right. Well, yeah, I got I good news for you. I I I kind of have it in on Netflix, so it's it's totally worth it.
1: Yeah, I I gotta engage in that for sure because that's that's. It's gonna be it's gonna be worth it. Plus, you know, it's not the only Marvel show that's gonna be going on in there anyway. So.
2: Oh no no no! We're gonna get just the start of it. So. Excuse me. Yeah, we're gonna get Luke Cage, and we're gonna get uh, Iron Are we getting Iron Fist? Iron Fist, uh, Jessica Jones. We're getting all those street level heroes in New York City. I imagine it's building up to Iron uh, Iron Man. It's building up to uh. Defenders. Defenders, yes. It's building up Defenders, Stephen Strange, and Spider-Man. Yeah, it's
1: a cool idea. Um, All right, so, well, Mike gave you some extra to cover up the fact that I didn't do any. So, that's probably one of the only times I don't do any. But I figured going into tonight that when we we did it that, you know, when when I made the decision on Sunday to only have one show, I said, oh, we'll do TV picks. I figured Gotham was going to be good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, TV picks of the week done. Entertainment done. Now we move on to sports, and we're going to do the ML, NBA stuff. Uh, MLB. I want to say MLB. We're going to do the NBA stuff, but first I'm to do it really quickly. I want to comment on the Masters, and we're not going to do it a second. We're going to comment because there's only one really big thing to talk about because it was historic it was it was truly something that for right now okay the pga can be excited because here's the thing folks and we've talked about this for the last couple years you know as tiger has been injured or been struggling okay and phil is getting older you know, and a lot of these, you know, guys that were in their primes around the time Tiger and Phil were dominating are getting older. Rory McIlroy has been the saving grace of the PGA. You know, he was the only, he was charismatic, young, he was winning majors. Now, here's the thing, though. Domestically speaking, U.S. speaking, I mean, he's he's not American. Now, that's not a knock on him. It's just that the PGA is looking for – it's kind of like tennis was for the longest time, looking for that next American star. We have a lot of international stars already, and Rory is the biggest international star in golf, bar none right now. okay? That's that's queer, and he deserves that title. And that's fine. The PGA can build around that. You need an international star to, cr- to cross over – both U.S.-wide and internationally, and, he, and he's done a great job of that, and it's helped the PGA undoubtedly for the last, you know, four or five years. But the PGA needed an American star. It needed its next Tiger Woods or Jack Nicholas or Arnold Palmer or whoever you want to mention. We've been looking.
0: There's been brief glimpses on a number of players. Now, last year at the Masters, and it kind of went unnoticed,
1: unfairly unnoticed, but it was unnoticed, Justin Speeth did a phenomenal job and placed, finished second at Augusta. You know, our talk was oh Bubba Watson repeated, you know, oh Bubba Watson, second masters, oh, you know. That was a talk. And uh, and that's fine. But we lost in all that was Justin Feith, who had, had a good he had had a good year. But that's as far as majors go, that was the only time he, it was notable. Fast forward to this year's Masters. On day one, obviously all eyes are on Tiger after a two month absence. Everybody's doing, oh, let's see what Phil and Rory do. Okay, you know. All of a sudden you look up at the end of day one and you see Justin
0: Speet in first. And and with, with with a high with a great score, and then you look at the end of day
1: two. There he is again. Day three, there he is again. And obviously day four. There he is again. From the first wire to wire finish since 1976, an amazing, amazing display of talent, a dominant performance, um, following up his Masters performance last year, getting the job done. And here's the thing that impressed me the most, okay, with this with, with Justin Spees. It's easy to do what he did on Thursday and Friday and even on Saturday. But Sunday, when the pressure is truly on closing the deal, especially the back nine, especially when you have some of golf's best charging behind you, Mickelson, McElroy, I could go on, charging behind you, making big shots, big putts, What do you do? Because, see, that's what made Tiger Tiger back in the late 90s, early 2000s. That's what made Tiger Woods Tiger Woods. He'd make his move. Now, now, he didn't do too many wire to wires. He'd make his move on, on Saturday and then close the deal on Sunday. That was his thing. We all know that. But what he, but the thing, but the thing is, you have to be able to make the big shots when you hear footsteps too. He did that. He wasn't intimidated. He didn't fall under the pressure. He heard those roars. He knew that there were guys making big shots. He knew what was going on. He saw the leaderboard. He knew that he did, He he could not settle. Could not let his guard down, and he proved himself on Sunday. That was the most impressive of anything he did in them fourth. I know the score; he tied Tiger Woods. He would have broke Tiger Woods' record, but he missed that putt on the last, on, on the on the 18th hole, which was no undoubtedly the only time in the whole week that he lost himself. He, he lost focus. You could tell he saw his family, saw his friends. Was like, all right, all right, you know. I, I, I'm about to do it, it, it kind of got to him. And he, and he is still 21 years old. I mean, it's important to note that. So you can understand why they, that, that happened. So he still, okay, so he ties the record for the lowest score at, at Augusta. Whoopee, you know? So he ties the, the, the record, gets that accolade, and so many other accolades, wire to wire finish, that whole thing. But like I said, to me the most impressive thing was what he did on Sunday, especially the back nine so many opportunities to fold, so many difficult shots, so many times when he could have just lost focus or, you know, fell apart, and he didn't, he did not break. And that's something that's got to please the PGA, that they might have a a 21-year-old superstar on their hands. But now here's the important thing. All right, last year you put up a good showing at Augusta. You come in second. This year you come back, put on a historic showing, take first place. Two years in a row you put on a great show at Augusta, Augusta. Great, it's a good start. But what have you done, what, what will you do at the Open, U.S. Open? What will you do at the Open Championship? What will you do at the PGA Championship? What will you do at these other tournaments? That's the key. You need to rattle off more than good performances at Augusta. See, the thing is, Augusta never changes. Year after year, it never changes. There's small tweaks here and there, but it never changes. Okay, so while it's impressive to do what you did, to do what he did, you want to prove you're not just a flash in the pan. You want to prove it's just not limited to Augusta, because so far that's what it looks like. He needs to have in between the majors to do well, be competitive, and then he needs, sometime this year, I'm not saying he has to win every major or even be competitive in every single major, because some courts are, are more suited to others. You need to see him at some point in this PGA season from here on out have another good to great performance at a major along with being competitive across the board and winning, hopefully winning some tournaments. If he goes to the U.S. Open and places second, or I mean, he wins all the better, but if he places second, great. Or he goes to the Open Championship and comes in the top five, or something, okay, great. What we need to see that so that we don't think it's just limited to the Masters because that's, that's not going to help anything. Just having one time a year where you're good, okay, that can't happen. And the PGA needs more than that. This kid has the potential. He showed it two years in a row at Augusta to be a superstar in the PGA. He has to go out and prove it beyond Augusta. And once he does that, then P- the PGA
0: can put all their eggs in that basket like they did with Tiger up more than a decade ago, and they will be set. And then whatever Tiger does,
1: whatever Phil does, they don't have to worry so much about it anymore. You start talking about, you start talking about him interacting with Tiger and Phil and Rory, competing with them, and that makes for some great entertainment. So, what, So for the PJ's sake, I hope that happens. As for everybody else, Phil put on a heck of a show on Sunday. He made it. He, look, any other tournament, Phil Mickelson would have won the Masters. Okay, if Justin Speed doesn't do what he did, Phil Mickelson wins the Masters. Phil had a great charge on Sunday. Rory did fantastic. Just came up a little short. Tiger Woods, for the first time in a long time, showed that he, that he could be on the way to coming back. He did not fold. He, Thursday was a rough day for him, but remember, he hasn't played in two months. Uh, you know, actually, actual golf, okay, legit playing in a tournament golf. Friday was better. Saturday was better. Sunday, he struggled a little bit here and there, but he also sprained his wrist. He went on playing. He still didn't play horribly. And he finished under par. It was five under. For Tiger, that's fantastic considering where he was. If we're not playing in two months in a legit tournament, so I, I think there's a lot of reason to hope for Tiger. He's going to play a limited schedule going forward, as he always does. Maybe by the time the U.S. Open hits, if he can improve. I mean, look, here's the thing. Again, if Justin Spieth doesn't do what he's de- what he did, who knows what Tiger, where he would have been. Who knows what the field would have been, if Tiger would have been in contention. So there's a lot of ifs there.
0: so it really is Mhm So it's, so it's really what Ryan. 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 Okay,
1: and I'm back. I'm back.
2: Mike. My... Yeah. Sorry,
1: but, it got muted.
2: It got muted. You well, it's okay. I was falling asleep. You're talking. No, about I
1: had it. I had an issue. My. My th- my screen said it was mute, and it, I think somehow I, when I went to click on my my PGA graphic, I clicked on the mute button and it just screwed it up, so.
2: Brian, right, that's okay. Everybody was falling asleep. It's what happens when you talk about golf. About golf.
1: But anyway, just to finish off, great, um... Great performances again. If Spieth doesn't do what he did, who knows where Tiger would have been. Great showing by Tiger. Great by Rory. Phil ended up being a great tournament, and again, the historic performance of Justin Spieth. So we'll see what the PGA does going forward. Hopefully, he shows more beyond Augusta. If he does, then the PGA is off and running. So, um,
0: I, I don't, Mike. I'm assuming you don't have anything to add. You would assume
2: correctly.
0: Okay, let's go to the NBA. <laughs>
2: Smart decisions. All
1: right. Um. Now, I as we always do with the NBA playoffs preview. Okay, I should call, I should mention that some races are still not decided yet. Okay, some spots are still on the line. There's a game. So we. So most teams have at least a game left. So, it's important to note that here. Here's what's left on the line so so people can know what's, what the situation is here right now. Okay? Um, in the East, the Atlanta Hawks have already clinched the number one seed. Um, all right? So, they got that. Cleveland has already clinched the two seed. That's done deal. Okay? Um, now... Beyond that, the Bulls right now are the three seed. They could drop to the four. Toronto's only a half game behind them, so that could flip-flop. Uh, Toronto's obviously the four. Washington is the five. Washington is locked into the five. That's not changing. Milwaukee is the 6th they They're locked in. That's not changing. Boston is the seventh. Seven, the seventh. That could change, but it's highly doubtful because of the race for the 8th seed. All right, right now, the Pacers are the 8th seed. They are currently losing right now to Washington. So that's important, all right, because Brooklyn is right there a half game back. Um, And Miami is a game and a half back, but most people think Miami's done at this point. So I I tend to think it's either going to be Brooklyn or Indiana as the 8th. Seed, and and I think Boston will probably get the seven because they're already a game out in front. These two are just going to, um, kind of compete with each other for that eight. So one game, like one game left to go, and Boston's tied right now with Toronto. Boston wins tonight; they'll lock up that seven seed anyway. So, all right. So that's the story in the East. In the West, Golden State one seed locked up. Now that's where it gets interesting because seeds two through six. Are up, are up for a decision here, okay? Right now, San Antonio and L.A. are both tied for the two-seed, all right? Now, here's the other thing. Houston is also technically tied for the two-seed, but they're placed in the five-seed
0: category because of the fact that they're not winning their division. That's why. So.
1: Okay, so right now, the Spurs would be the 2 due to a tiebreaker. The Clippers would be a 3. Again, that
0: could change. Portland would be the 4. Okay? Houston would be the 5, despite an identical
1: record with the Spurs and Clippers. Again, that could change. The, the Rockets would get as high as a 2, or it could even be a 3. Or it could be as low as a 5. Or they could even drop to 6 if Memphis makes a late push. Memphis has a better record than Portland, but again, they're not winning their division, so they drop. So Memphis is a sixth right now, but again they could jump up um to a they could jump up to like a five probably. Um or even a three. Dallas is locked in at seven. They're not moving. And then there's a race for the eighth spot and that's between New Orleans and Oklahoma City. Phoenix is now out, they're too far out. Uh New Orleans and Oklahoma City are tied right now. So we'll see what happens there in the final couple of games. So one of those two teams will not make it. We'll see. Obviously, Oklahoma City, you know, Russell Westbrook sustained his sixteenth technical of the season. Uh, I don't know if they rescinded it or not. They already rescinded the technical earlier this season. Uh, If they don't, then he wouldn't be able to play. But again, they're probably. I think they're playing a team that's already locked in. I think they might be going stay. I don't know. But they're playing a team that's already locked in. It's probably not going to play their players. So at least a full amount, so they might luck out there. But still, so, Oklahoma City and New Orleans playing for that eighth spot. So that's the story. That's what's up for grabs. Both eight seeds in the east and west up for grabs. Seeds two through six up for grabs in the west. And seed, seeds three and four up for grabs in the east. So that's where you're at right
0: now with the playoff race. So here's the way I see it.
1: Obviously, Atlanta is going to be the one. Cleveland's going to be the two. I think Bowles will probably sustain and get the three. Toronto will, probably, will more than likely be the four. Washington's already the five, and Milwaukee's the six. Boston's going to be the seven. I think the Nets will probably end up being the eight, especially light of the fact that Pacers already losing tonight. All right? So that's what I think. Now, in the West, I Golden State's the one. We know Dallas is the seven. Um, I think here's what I think. I think San Antonio, given how hot they've been this this last month and a half, will be the two. I think the Clippers will be the three. I think Port will be the four. I think Houston will stay at the five. And I think Memphis will stay at six. So, I think the way they're ordered now is the way it's going to be. I think New Orleans makes it in over Oklahoma City. That's what I think. Um if that were to happen your matchups would be this if why I fear if what I, I claim to happen happens your matchups would be Atlanta versus Indiana Cleveland versus Boston Chicago versus Milwaukee and Toronto versus Washington now, that's interesting matchups in the east now if Atlanta gets Brooklyn uh I don't know if that's interesting. If it's Indiana, I think it's more interesting. But I, again, I think it might be Brooklyn, so I don't think that would be very interesting if that's what happens. Indiana would be interesting, though. But either way, I think Atlanta would easily advance. Cleveland-Boston would be interesting because there's a lot of history there, and but Boston's not that good, so Cleveland would get out of that. It would it'd be interesting from a marquee standpoint. but Milwaukee-Chicago, again, might be interesting from a marquee standpoint, but the Bulls would get – that. that would be an easy – Thing around for the Bulls, which, who would need it, because they probably want to try to give Derrick Rose as much rest as they possibly can early on. Toronto-Washington would be a fun series. That's probably the, the, the highlight, easily the highlight series and the best series, because that would probably be the only series that has potential to go the, the distance. That would be a good series. Both good teams. We saw what they've been able to do in the last couple of years. They both come into their own. That would be a fun series. Lots of young players on display. Um, I, I, I think Washington would actually win that, to be honest. But um, other than that series, though, I don't think any of the other series would be hotly contested. All the high seeds would more than likely advance, and Washington I think is the only um, lower seed I could see advancing out of the first round. Because no matter what the matchups are, West, um, if these things hold true, if what I think happens happens, you'll get Golden State and more than likely New Orleans or Oklahoma City, regardless of who play who they get. I think Golden State's winning. Okay, Oklahoma City's not what it, it usually is. And New Orleans, this is, is it's just, it's just kind of their breakthrough year. They're getting there, but um, this is just kind of their breakthrough year. They've had a great season, though. Um, San Antonio, Dallas, assuming San Antonio's the two. We've seen that series before. Dallas, to me, is the one team, and we talked about this preseason this year. Dallas was the one team the Spurs were scared of. They match up well with them. They were the, the only team that came close to beating them in last year's playoffs. And these two, those two teams met in last year's playoffs early on. I, it'd be, a, it'd probably be, in my opinion, that would be the series of the first round. It'd be a fantastic series. And that says a lot because the West is going to be a fantastic series throughout. That, to me, would be a highlight series and some great basketball, and it definitely would probably go to distance. That would be a great series. I, I, I'd say. I'd more than likely see San Antonio getting through, provided they're all healthy. Uh, if it stays like I think it will, clippers Grizzlies would be a great series. We've seen that matchup before, but uh, one where both teams sometimes, but both teams in the past advancing past each other, it'd be a competitive series. That one could potentially go seven. And then Portland-Houston, which last year Houston lost to Portland in the first round in a shocker. So that would be a rematch of last year. And, again, that would be a hotly contested series. And we'll see what happens there with the, with the Rockets trying to avenge their loss last year. So the West just has matchups all over the place, other than probably the, whatever the one versus eight will be. Every other series would be competitive, could go seven games, interesting series, interesting matchups, rematches. I mean, it's just the first round could be all about the West. The whole playoffs would probably be all about the West. The East, is, I could only see one potentially good series, and that would be Toronto and Washington, and that would probably always be the only match I could see a low, low, lower seed coming out of. So the thing to note here is some. Real, the West is going to be amazing, this whole entire playoff. First round, you have already some really good matchups. I don't know if I see too many upsets, but, you know, and the East side of things would be probably top-heavy coming out of the first round, but that, you'd expect that. So so I, my advice probably go out of your way to watch the Western Conference games at least in the first round or throughout the whole playoffs because they're probably going to be better. There's more depth there, but it should be an exciting playoff, especially on the Western side of things. Mike, do
0: you have your thoughts here?
2: Wow, there's a shocker. The West is better. I am so surprised. So shocked. So flabbergasted. I am going to stop using this condescending voice right now. But it's the truth. I mean, the West is just better. And it's been just better. That's just what what it is. Now, let's see. Uh, standing. Uh, Atlanta is far and away the best team in the East. Far and away. Mm -hmm. However, I think Cleveland might be the team that comes out. If they keep um, gelling like they've been, Uh, they have the best player in the league, and LeBron James, LeBron James. <laughs> and, I mean, very few teams can actually stop The Most of them are on the West Coast anyway. If they keep improving, if they keep gelling, if they keep kind of, uh, you know, coming together as a team, Cleveland's probably the team that comes out of the East. I think it's Cleveland or Atlanta. It's one of those two. Everybody else is just not in their league. I'm actually shocked Boston's in the playoffs. Of all teams, I'm surprised Boston's there. They have done their best to tank it. Philadelphia has legitimately tried to tank it, and they're still only the second-worst team in the Eastern Conference. (laughs) By a game by a game. The Knicks are worse and the Knicks actually tried this year. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible, 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 terrible. Terrible play. Poor Carmella, Poor Phil. But Phil knew what he was getting into. It's a project. The Knicks are a project. Philadelphia is a a miracle. Uh, Western Conference, just, just a mess. Just a mess. Ooh. Three teams, same record, or similar record. Excuse be same winning percentage. One game back. And Houston's fifth because they don't leave their division. Portland, obviously, has a worse record than Houston, and they have a worse record than Memphis. So Portland is technically the sixth seed. Portland is technically the sixth seed. However, that doesn't work like that. They're leading their division. It's probably the worst division in the West Western Conference, and they're fifty-one and thirty. Fifty-one and thirty gives them the three seed in the East. And for the record, for for those poor Oklahoma City Thunder, who was, you know, forty-four and thirty-seven.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Forty-four and thirty-seven gets you the sixth seed. Yikes!
0: <laughs>
2: and they have work to do in their conference. They do. Um, I don't know if Oklahoma City makes it. I think the Pelicans are kind of surging a little bit. Uh, so I, I I would be hard pressed to say if they they get it. Um, I don't know. If I'm San Antonio, I might kind of think about uh, Houston <laughs> winning the division because Dallas is Dallas can take out anybody. Mm-hmm. Dallas is really good. Dallas could take out anybody in anybody in the conference, and if I'm San Antonio, that's the one team I want to avoid. Golden State, notwithstanding. Golden State's really, really good. Um, Houston, Houston. Dallas can beat them, too. Dallas can beat them. So Golden State's got, doesn't have an easy, re- you know, record. I mean, pass. Pass to the finals. It should be interesting. Everything could flip-flop. Who knows? It should be interesting. So there you go. That's my quality analysis. I'm half asleep, by the way. So. The key, I but.
1: you know what? Um, the one thing you want to keep an eye on with Golden State. Look we'll at their home road splits. Now, granted, their road record isn't that bad. It's just that they've lost 13 games on the road. They only lost two games at home. They, by far. Have the best home court advantage in the NBA. I think we're all aware of that. Um, however, you got to play road games too, and now you're playing. You're playing. You know, more than one game against these teams. If we're going to make adjustments. You know, you get a team like a San Antonio or a Dallas or whatever. You're you're going to be facing it pretty a pretty tough competitive uh, game. I like going and say my feeling is that, you know, the road thing is going to come back to bite them. I felt like that all season, even though kind of road record is it's really good. It's just between the road record and the fact that teams are going to make adjustments against you in a, in a long series, they're getting more than one look at you in a, in a short span. That to me might expose them a little bit because they are primarily a shooting team. A jump shooting team, which doesn't always work out well in the NBA, but really it's all about the matchups. And they don't get out of the first round, could they get in the second round? To me, is the key because that might be the, that might be the big thing for them to build on their confidence and know that they can do this. Because they are a young team, and they've been here before, but they haven't gone deep into the playoffs before. And To me, if they were to get a, a, a series win against a quality team like a San Antonio, like a Dallas, early on in these playoffs, it'd be helpful to them in building themselves up going forward. So we will see what happens here going forward. Again, some things left to be decided. Uh, the playoffs get on the way on Saturday. There'll be a you know they'll announce the lineup once you get to that point. And we'll talk about what transpires in the first couple of days of the NBA playoffs on next Tuesday's sports show. We will, um, obviously, uh, there will be some from now on, from now till June, um, there will be NBA playoff games on opposite us. Obviously, we'll give you live in game, live uh, updates, live game updates, live score updates throughout our shows. Even on the entertainment shows, we will do that. We've always done that. Anything big that we have to discuss about the NBA playoffs, we'll break in and tell you about that. Even on an entertainment show, that's what we'll do. We always do that kind of coverage, so we will continue to do that. Again, the NBA playoffs get underway this Saturday, and we'll be covering it throughout. So it should be interesting. Okay, now... Before somebody thinks, oh, my God, this is going to be hideously long, it's not. Because, number one, I think I've said this. You know what's funny about what's gone on on this show in the last year, two years? As a proud baseball fan, I'm almost ashamed to say this, but the league has gotten – and I know this is going to sound weird because there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, I think it's always been this way. It's gotten boring. All right, offense is down, defensive shift, all this analytic stuff. And we've talked about this. I'm not going to belabor this. It's gotten bad. And finally, you're starting to see the league take notice. New commissioner Rob Manfred taking notice. And Rob Manfred's going to be a big storyline this year, this season, because it's his first year as commissioner. Let's see what he does.
2: Um, By the way, I called it, baseball is still really boring.
1: Right, but it's gotten even worse. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, God, it's terrible. Unwise. me.
1: I think we all agree. The sabermetrics thing. Okay, anybody out there that enjoys this crap, I I, I don't want to sound like I'm disrespecting opinions here. I, and I'm going to sound like that. I just don't get it. I just don't get I understand looking at statistics. I understand looking at a guy, if a guy's a pool hitter, I understand that kind of thing. But, oh, the run prevention and, oh, this guy might be a, a 180 batter, but for what he saves is on defense. The bottom line is this. It comes down to good hitting and good pitching. It just, defense is great. I'm not saying don't go out there and try to have a solid defense. Defense is great, but defense doesn't win you World Series. Defense doesn't win you so many games that it, it should, over, in any way, shape, or form, outweigh going out and getting a good
0: hitter or a good pitcher. Okay, It shouldn't. It shouldn't. Because it, it, we've seen teams that have horrific
1: defenses win World Series multiple years. It happens. It happens. Now, there's, I was watching a game tonight, and there was talk during that game of maybe putting a rule in place about, uh, to, uh, to stop the widespread amount of defensive shifting that's going on in, in, in Major League Baseball. However, the new commissioner said, I want to see if hitters adjust to it. Hitters are not going to adjust to it. It's one of the most frustrating things I've seen in baseball ever, okay? The, sh- the defensive shifting's been going on for about six, seven years now in full force. And pit- hitters, pool hitters, do not adjust to it. They do not hit the ball the other way. Why? Because here's the thing, folks. They, I, don't, I used to get just as frustrated I used to blame the player. Like, oh, why aren't you going that way? Why aren't you bunting? Here's the thing. Most of the guys that they do these defensive shifts on, okay, they're not bunters. They're never told to be bunters, except for in Little League. All right? They're home run hitters. They're pool hitters. Asking them to bunt when they have when spent most of their career not bunting is a disaster waiting to happen. It's probably a pop-up out waiting to happen. And that's why you don't do it. And also, and you know what I'm finding out, We, I myself included, we complain about a hitter not going the other way, the opposite way of the shift. We complain about that, but guess what? Sometimes they are trying to. You can't direct where the ball goes. This isn't batting practice where the the, the bullpen pitcher is throwing it where you want it. You're not going to get the ball not even not about I'd say about 60, 70 percent of the time you're not going to get the ball where you want it. If that were the case, you'd be hitting home runs almost every every pitch. The bottom line is this: you can't direct where it goes. You can try. The idea is you want to try not to do too much with it and just get just get a hit or get on base. When you're tr- not trying so hard is when you 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 get the big hits, get the home runs. When you're over trying, you don't. And that's the key. And, you know, I used to get frustrated too, but then I realized something. I, I watched enough a, a lot of stuff on this. Hitters will say, "Hey, you know what? You can say all you want, it should go the other way." But here's the thing: even if we try. It's going to look like we're not. It's going to look like we're not trying. We can't direct where it goes. Now, do I think that there should be a rule against the defensive shifts? I think – see, to me, it's strategy. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you – I don't know if you can do that. You have to find some way to indicate that it's in the best interest of the game. From an entertainment standpoint, it is in the best interest of the game to get rid of it because you'll have a lot more offense for sure. Or maybe you can prove it's like a danger to some of the players, like they're out of position. or something. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you can actually call up for a rule telling they can't, you know, point defense or strategize their defense. I don't know if you can do that. So I don't know if that's going to be a hard sell. But my my opinion is this. Everything ebbs and flows, whether it's in sports, entertainment, whatever. Okay, There are times when we ha- when one thing is dominant and then there's another time when something else is dominant, just like in TV or films. Sometimes comedies and dramas are dominant and it's- it vice versa. Okay, In sports, it's the same way. There are times in baseball history where it's been all about offense and home runs. Then there's times when it's all about pitching and defense. We're in pitching and defense mode right now. It's a combination of defensive shifts, emphasis on sabermetrics, the aftermath of the uh steroid scandals. You know, uh, now with steroid testing and such widespread, it's gone you know, they've obviously cleaned up the game totally, probably not, but they've cleaned it up enough where it's having an impact. Any of these players that maybe have done it, are feeling the after effects of it. You know? Whether some players did it and quit and now they're not as good as they were, I don't know. You know, I think we're seeing the after effects of all that. It's, 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 you put it all together, and what you get is what you get.
0: Does that mean we don't get offense? No. It means that it's, it's not, it's widespread.
1: It's not as widespread. Some teams are still offensive juggernauts. Detroit is. Anaheim is. You know, it's, it's, they're still there. It's just not as pronounced. There's still some really good players in the game. And eventually it'll turn back around to offense again, but you hope that there's a fan base there to care it's because fans are getting restless. And now you got fans turning on their front office, their team's front office, because they're like, what are you talking about? You have got GMs going up there going, well, I know this guy at 210 last year, but boy, you know, he saved, he saved his team about eight, 18 runs all season. That, I mean, it, it, nobody buys that crap. Nobody understands that crap. Nobody wants to hear that crap. What they want to hear is how many hits he got in the crotch, how many home runs he hit, how many RBIs he hit. Or if he's a pitcher, what was his ERA? How many strikers did he have? How many games did he win? They don't want to hear, well, he saved 18 runs last year. Because that, that, that doesn't mean anything. How many of those eighteen runs were in the playoffs? Was were, were any of them a game saving player, or were they just a run saved in the first inning of a of a game? Or a run saved in a blowout game? I mean that doesn't you know, nobody wants to hear that. The skewed statistic. Saber metrics are awful. They are awful in any sport, but baseball they make it even worse. And it needs to stop. I mean, And people want to blame Billy Bean. Billy Bean was doing it for years, and everybody was ignoring it. They're like, well, we can't do it like Billy Bean. We don't want to do it like Billy Bean. So don't blame Billy Bean. Okay? Somewhere along the way, I, I think, it, again, I think it's the aftermath of the steroid scandal, where all these GMs and ownerships and front office people said, you know what, we've got to find some other way to get it done because offense is going to be down. Offense is going to be down. We need to get it done some other way. So we focus on defense and pitching, run prevention, these kind of things. And that's what they started focusing on, and that's what you get. It will work itself out eventually, but in the meantime, boy, it's frustrating. And it's going to be a storyline. This whole thing I just talked about, is going to be a storyline this entire season just like it was last year. Defensive shifts and all this stuff, it's going to be sabermetric, all of it, run prevent, all of it. Now, we talked a lot about the particular – I mean, instant replay has gotten – they've, they've streamlined the process. It's gotten quick. Pace of play is doing better this year. Games have been sped up. That's good. It's also helped, too, that the weather so far has been good for the b- baseball. Somehow, someway in the Northeast, it, it got warmer just in time, so they got lucky. I think that has helped maybe give us a few better offensive games than we would have gotten because cold-weather obviously doesn't lend itself to offense. We've had some good starts to some teams as far as the first week goes, the Royals, the Tigers, the Braves. Royals look amazing. Got it early. We don't put that much stock in, in, in records, you know, either good or bad. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people are like, oh, the Yankees are stuck. Well, the, how can you tell the Yankees suck? They're only three and five. Only a week into the season. Give it a rest. That goes for any team. It team like the Nationals. All the talk about the Nationals, all the hoopla, all they did in the off season. Everybody thinks because they're not undefeated, that they're, they're overrated. How? They're not going to be undefeated. It's a 162 game schedule. Give it some time. The Warriors aren't going to stay unbeaten. Look, we talk about the first week. The first week. I think as a whole, the first week of baseball, as a whole was more competitive, showed a little bit more signs of offense, which is good, and had some really good games. Already in one week, I think it's already shown more promise than last year at this time, which is a good thing. Thank God for the weather. That's helped too. I think we're going to see some entertaining races this year. With the two wild cards, that's obviously opened things up, and we've seen that in the last couple years. Last year wasn't very competitive. There wasn't that many storylines. This year, I think you're going to see a very, you're going to see a lot of competitive divisional races. AL East, all these teams, there's no favorite in the AL East. It's going to be a, it's to be a, a, a scrap and a claw, and that's going to make it entertaining. The AL Central, the same way. You got Detroit and you got the Royals. How will the White Sox play into it? it could be a three-team race. The Indians, four-team race potentially. The only one you see out of that is Minnesota. AL West could easily be, a, 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 more than likely be a three-team race. Seattle's good enough. We'll see. How, I feel Terence is hurt, but once he gets back, you you know I think that'll be fine. The NL Central should be great. The Cubs are better. We'll see if they come into their own. Many people thought they would and be a, a factor enough to be a wild card. I thought they would be. NL West should be. Look at the Padres and what they've done. The, the Dodgers are still there. Diamondbacks really are the only team I don't see being a factor. The Rockies I think are going to be good as long as they're healthy. I think they'll be competitive as long as they're healthy. Last year they weren't healthy they weren't competitive. Um, but that that division should be okay. NL East, you got the Braves there and the Nationals. That's all I can really see there. But who knows? The Mets might surprise. They're better. So there should be some interesting divisional races. We'll see if any team surprise Like last year, um, you know, when the Royals came out of nowhere and did what they did, Marlins threatened you know, I could see some teams this year. You know, the Cubs should at should least threaten and be competitive. The Padres should be in the mix, you know. The Rockies might be back. There should be some teams that surprise all of us. And that's a good thing because we've had that the last couple of years, and that's been a good thing for baseball and led to some great moments. Hopefully, the first week of the season is an indication that last year is not going to be what this year is going to bring. Because last year there was nothing compelling. I mentioned this last year a lot. The playoffs only it was only compelling because of the Royals. Outside of that, nothing. Okay, other than a few dramatic moments here and there. You need more than that this year. You need compelling drama, compelling storylines. Hopefully that happens. People can say what they want about Alex Rodriguez, but he added a compelling storyline to the first week, and he's done a phenomenal job. He's been one of the biggest storylines in baseball this year. He's been amazing. He's played multiple positions. He's hit. Played well, and he's handled himself well. And so far this year, I mean, there have been some injuries, yes, but so far, you know, last year, one of the biggest things was injuries, widespread um Shoulder and arm injuries, Tommy John. I mean, it, p- p- for pitchers, Tommy John surgeries for pitchers—it was widespread in the first couple months of the season. Hopefully, that won't be the case this year. We'll see how that works out, and and the, and and that is a storyline that will go beyond this year too. How do, how does the league deal with so many pitchers getting hurt, arm problems, Tommy John surgeries? You know. How does the league, what's going to be changing as far as player development? Because something has to change. Something's going wrong here. Again, I've said this on the air before, and I've said this off the air as well. Look at the Dodgers and what they did with Creighton Kershaw. They never let the guy throw a slider until a couple years, in, couple years into his major league stint. That might be something to look at. Because the reason was they didn't want him to, torque his, to put too much torque on his arm. And that might be something to look at, because there might be something to that. So a lot of these guys try to throw the breaking stuff, the sliders, the splitters. They put a lot of torque on their arm, and that could be a big reason that an in innings pitch, a big reason why these guys are getting hurt. So a lot of things that we, we just talked about, a lot of different things to look out for this season, and more likely to play out beyond this season. Talked about some of the things from the first week. Some Not, not a lot. Not a lot to say it's only been one week, but... So, what about the season prediction-wise? Uh, you know, like I said, I saw some hotly contested divisions. I think you're going to see a whole I I mean a whole lot of as far as the wild cards go, I think you're going to see much more compelling storylines there than you did last year when everything kind of got wrapped up early. Um So, I'll just make some quick predictions right now. AL East, I'm not going to be biased. I think the Red Sox will win
0: it. Um, AL Central, I'm going, go with,
1: I'm going to go with the Tigers because I think the Royals will come back down to earth a little bit. AL West, I'm going to go with the Angels. My two AL wild cards, and I think this is going to be interesting because I, I think it's going to be hotly contested. Um, I'm going to go with the Royals and the Yankees. I could see the A's being in there, obviously. I could see the Indians being in there, um, Mariners as well. um, Um, Tampa won't be. The Orioles could be too. So it should be hotly contested. Um,
0: NL East. I'm gonna go with the Nationals. NL Central. Can't I can't
1: pick anybody but the Cardinals. I think they'll win it. NL West. I'm gonna go with the Dodgers. My NL Wild Cards. I like the Padres. They've done a lot. I think they'll be in there. I think the Cubs are going to be competitive.
0: Rockies will be competitive. Braves. Pirates. I'm going to go with
1: the Braves. The Padres and Braves my wild Cards. So here's my predictions. AL East, Red Sox, the AL Central Tigers, AL West Angels, two wild cards, Royals and Yankees, NL East Nationals, NL Central Cardinals, NL West Dodgers, and my two wild
0: cards from the NL are the Padres and the Braves. And my AL MVP, Miguel Cabrera. I know that's not that much of a stretch, but I think he's going to have a really good year providing he to healthy. My NL MVP. I'm going to go with Bryce Harper. From the Nationals. As for my predictions for the playoffs, I think the ALCS will be – I'm going to go with the Tigers and the Yankees. I think in a short series, the Yankees pitching, if it's lined up right, could be something good. Uh, NLCS,
1: Nationals, who I think will get out of the first round this year, I'm going go with the Nationals and the Cardinals, so the Cardinals always
0: get their way in there. World Series. I'm going to go with the Tigers versus
1: the Nationals. Oh, don't Again, the Cardinals are so hard to pick against. Um, I'm going to go with the Nationals as the winner of the World Series. I know that's a trendy pick, but... If they get in a short series with that pitching, and, and they got they got really good hitters there too, I think they could do some things. Um, notice I didn't pick the Giants. You know the Giants are going to be in it, but you know what? They're coming off of last year. They lost some players. I think this is kind of like not really a give-up year for them, like a rebuilding year, but I don't think this is going to be their year. So, But that's just my predictions right now. Jeff Tech said he's not even going to bother making predictions because he doesn't care enough, so I'm not going to make him make predictions. I'll just stick to mine. I highly doubt Mike wants to make him. He hates baseball. Unless he wants to, he can chime in. But
2: no, I don't sorry, uh, no, 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 no. I don't even know. No, no, no. Baseball's for no. No.
1: So I'm just going to close that off by saying that. Now, somebody might say, wait a minute, are you going to do over-unders? Here's the thing. We're not going to do over-unders anymore. Here's why. Because I always – I don't forget to go back to them, but I always lose them. Okay, and Jeff Tech always ends up having the old ones from the year before, and it ends up being a mess. So, we're not doing over-unders. Predictions is all we really need to do. Um, so, I made my predictions. I mentioned some potential sweepers. Again, the Mariners, Indians, White Sox, Cubs, um, Padres, not really a sweeper. Rockies would be a sweeper pick and too. Those are some of my sweepers from both leagues. Should be an interesting year again. There's a lot of things to keep an eye out for, and a lot of things that have frustrated baseball fans um, that will bear watching this season and beyond to see if things get worked out in that regard. They worked out instant replay real well. We'll see what the new commissioner does and how he does. That'll obviously be a big focal point for the season. So let's see. Let's hope the first. Week of the season's indication of better things to come. The first week has been good, but let's hope that extends out the whole season and that we see some compelling storylines and a compelling season for Major League Baseball. Okay, I did pretty good with that actually. I didn't go as long as I thought I was going to go, so woo! Okay, um, we're going to wind down. Sound good to everybody? <laughs> I think so. Alright, so. Just because the show is over does not mean that you have to stop interacting and contributing to our show. You can continue to send in feedback, questions about the show and show scheduling, topic ideas or breaking news items um that involve sports, entertainment, or wrestling that you want us to make it want us to cover or talk about. Um again general feedback. Um any of these things, you can send us via email, Facebook, and Twitter. NCL Boys uh, segment will be coming up on next Tuesday show, restaurant show a week from Thursday if you want to start submitting things for those, topic ideas, um, things, questions you have, comments you have, any of those things, you can start submitting those now if you'd like. So you can do all of this via email, Facebook, and Twitter. You can email us at itspotlightbg at gmail.com. Again, itspotlightbg at gmail.com. Please make sure to put in the subject line of an email, some idea what your email is about, just to help us for organization purposes. Um, this helps us out a lot. If you could do that, we'd really appreciate it. Again, that's my email as well as the shows. So you can also follow us and tweet us at ITSpotlightBG. Again, it's at ITSpotlightBG. That's my Twitter handle as well as shows. And please remember to use the hashtag, hashtag spotlight. Again, that's hashtag ITSpotlight for anything you tweet regarding our show. You can also find our fan page on Facebook. To find our fan page on Facebook, search for us using our full title of our show, In the Spot where Brian Garner. And then once you find our fan page, like our page, and go ahead and post whatever you'd like to post. Facebook, Twitter, email. Again, if you post or send something, I assure you, myself or Jeff Tech, one of us will see it. We take turns. We always do. One of us will see it. I promise you. Don't be alarmed if you don't get a reply back or whatever you sent or posted doesn't get mentioned, used, or acknowledged on the show. Just, we can't. Reply back to everyone or use everything that's sent in or posted. So don't freak out. Just be assured that we've seen it if you post or sent it. We encourage you to follow us on Facebook and Twitter for the latest show information, especially as it relates to scheduling. Otherwise, check out our main show page here on TalkShoe.com. You can find it by searching for us using our full show title in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. Search for us using that title here on TalkShoe. And then once you find our main show page, you'll have access to so all our episodes since I moved to Talk shoe, all of which are available in the episode archive at the bottom of the page in order for most recent to be always all labeled with dates, numbers, and descriptions for your convenience. Episode descriptions you get access to by clicking on the little I next to each episode. Most recent episode box is also available in the top right hand corner in the most recent episode box, click on the play icon in that box. And the episode will play for you. Also on that page, anytime I schedule a show, which again is never any earlier than about a half hour or so before showtime. Anytime I schedule a show, a countdown clock appears in the top right-hand corner near the most recent episode box, turning it down to our next show. And there will be an upcoming episode listing with, uh, that, will be appear- that will be above the episode archive at the bottom of the page, which will give you all the details of our next episode, date, time, number, and, again, episode description that you will get if you click on the little I next to the episode. Um, All the information will be there for you to know what's coming up on the episode, when it's going to be, everything you need to know about it, and of course the countdown clock will count down. So when you see those two things, you know we're definitely having a show, know when it's going to be, if there's a change or anything, you'll know. So you want to check out our show page regularly, especially on typical show days like Tuesdays and Thursdays, particularly Tuesdays and Thursday nights, because that's usually when we have shows. So just check out the show page regularly, quick refresh, and whenever you see the countdown clock or the listing, you'll know we're definitely having a show and know what's going on. And of course, you can also check out old episodes too if you want to catch up as well. So, Talk Show, show Talk Show main show page is a very very helpful tool, feel free to utilize it. You can also check us out on our second home Libsyn.com. Again, it's Libsyn.com. Search for us using our full show title in the Spotlight with Brian Garden. and once you find our show page, over there scroll down and you'll find um all of our, our, all of our more recent episodes on there in order from the most recent date to the oldest. They're all labeled for you with dates, times, numbers, and descriptions so you can find the episode you want to listen to. So feel free to check, those epi- check out those episodes if you're interested over there on Libsyn.com. Again, yeah, it's Libsyn.com, our second home. If you want to check out some of our old episodes from way back when, almost five years ago, you can go to blogtalkradio.com. Again, this blogtalkradio.com. Search us using our full show title in the spotlight with Brian Gardner. And then once you find our old show page, scroll down. You'll find the first 31 episodes ever of our show. There are our original 31 episodes. They will always be there. In order from the most recent date to the oldest, they're all labeled with days, times, numbers, and descriptions for you. So if you're interested in any of those episodes, maybe you've never listened to them before, or you're just nostalgic. Whatever the case may be, if you're interested, go check those episodes out over there on blogtalkradio.com. And that's blogtalkradio.com.
0: You can also check us out on iTunes, Mike.
2: This is Brian Gardner on iTunes. Once you're there, subscribe. We're your podcast. Download and enjoy. We're free. Help us out there. Thanks a lot.
1: Thank you. Um... I want to thank Jeff Tech for, as always, being here tonight. Thank you, Jeff Tech. I want to thank Mike for being here tonight. Thank you, Mike.
2: Oh, so tired tonight. It's good. I
1: want to thank myself for another great show. Pat myself on the back and thank all of you for your continued support and contributions to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and for all that you do. We really do appreciate it. Again, this is it for this week. Okay? No show on Thursday. Canceled. Our next show will be a week from tonight, tonight, which will be April the twenty first, twenty fifteen, broadcasting live here on Talk Shoe at eight o'clock from Eastern Time. I think it'll be a sports entertainment combo, but that could change. So that means we'll do box office beat T V picks of the week. We'll see if we can get some entertainment news discussion. I highly doubt it, but we probably but we'll at least get the T V picks and the in the box office beat in. On the sports side of things, we'll definitely talk about the NBA playoffs and the action that's taken place so far. We'll obviously talk about any ongoing NBA games that we on opposite us. Um, any other sports highlights we have to get to from college basketball, MLB, whatever. And, again, we will be doing our, our special NCAA report that we do every year, talking about the hot button issues, top-button topics in the NCAA. So if you want to submit questions or comments for that, you can start doing that now by email, Facebook, and Twitter. That will be on next Tuesday's show. Next Thursday, again, all wrestling show previewing WWE's Extreme Rules pay-per-view. So if you want to start sending in some questions and comments for the Q&A portion of the show, you can do so now as well. That will be coming up next Thursday, again, That's next Thursday. April the 23rd, 2015. We might add some of our, enter- like our box office beat and TV picks to that show. But, again, I'm still thinking that's going to be Tuesday, but we'll see. So, but that's what's coming up. All wrestling show next Thursday. And then sports entertainment combo show with the special NCAA report segment on Tuesday. So that will be a jam-packed show, and that will be what's going on next week. So until next week, we are done for this week again. I hope you all have a great rest of your Tuesday night, a great rest of your week, and a great weekend. Great start to your week next week. We'll see you back here broadcasting live on Talk show next Tuesday night, April 21st, 2015 at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. That's our next
0: show. Until then, have a good night, everybody.